welcome to another DMBA podcast where we share business confidence with designers. Hey, Franz, what's up? Hey, I'm good. Winter has returned in Austria. Happy about that. <laughs> and you love this question, what's up, right? What's up is like the worst question ever. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I know when I got it for the first time, when someone asked me and I was like, uh, I didn't know what to answer. I was like, good you <laughs> i don't know i hope that's appropriate answer but i i love using it since then um, so what's up in this episode great question it's a very smooth intro france <laughs> getting professional here so i prepared a topic that um it, it's a topic based on a quote so it's a quote that I read or heard and it's just like stuck with me. It's one of those things just feels like useful. Like, oh, I'm going to put this in my pocket and maybe two, min two months later, I'm going to use it in one of the meetings and be like a smart ass. Um, <laughs> so you want to know what that quote is? I want to know. All right. May steal so it. There was a guy. What? I may steal it. Oh, you definitely should. <laughs> Everybody listening should. That, that's the point. So... There was a guy called Jim Barksdale. I mean, it's not just a guy. He's a big, big, <laughs> big uh, personality. He's an ex-CEO of Netscape. And he said, there are only two ways to make money in business, bundling and unbundling. So I was like, hmm. I like, like, you know, oversimplified but useful things. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> obviously, there are more ways to make money, but still, like, like, hmm, okay, that's an interesting mental model that probably I can use in design even. Because um, what it actually kind of tries to explain is that, okay, what we can do in business is we can either try to sell uh, things in a bundle or we can take something that's usually in a bundle and unbundle it and sell it with individual um, stocks, individual products in a way. Yeah. Okay. So maybe to give you a, um, a few examples, um, uh, an example would be in the software, Microsoft Teams is a bundle, right? Or Adobe Creative Suite is a bundle. So you go and you buy and you subscribe and you mm -hmm. get like a whole bundle of things. You, you know, like you get with Microsoft Teams, you get Outlook, you get... Microsoft uh, Office, you mean, right? Sorry, yeah, <laughs> Office. Uh, or is it Teams? So is Teams... Uh, no, I think Teams is the big um, just, discussion just the that they are having. Exactly. That's exactly Microsoft Office with the Teams, and and uh, I got confused because I wanted to give an antidote to this, which is Slack. You know, Slack is unbundling because it's a specific purpose app, so it just does one thing very well. It doesn't try to be a bundle of various so Microsoft Office. You know, it basically tries to do everything, and their whole strategy has been like. Let's find interesting single-purpose apps and somehow try to bring them into our bundle and through this kind of dominate this market. So one side you have Zoom, Slack, and the others, and on the other side you have Microsoft or maybe even like G Suite who are just trying to bundle it under one roof. So that's an example. Another example maybe maybe uh, in movies, Usually the way studios and companies made money was you had, I don't know, Disney and then Disney would create a movie and the movie would be sold in theaters through the tickets. And 
every movie had to make money. So there was in a way unbundled version and then Netflix is the bundled version. So you pay a subscription and then you can just watch whatever you want, you know, and Netflix yeah. is basically taking their own shows, they're renting shows, they're buying shows, and then you can just watch this, everything together. Another example is from the music industry. And that's a nice example because it went from unbundled, uh, from bundled to unbundled and now to bundled again. So it used to be, you buy in uh, an album and this album had, I don't know, 12, 13 songs and you usually like just one or two. So then what came next was the iTunes uh, and you could just buy a song for a dollar or 99 cents. And then we also did like that. And then came over Spotify and Apple Music and then you just again got like 10, 12 songs, uh, <laughs> 10, 12 million songs probably, <laughs> yeah. uh, for, for a few bucks. So that's an example of a full circle. I mean, there's yeah. many more, but I just like find that very interesting because I think you can kind of look at your own situation, what you're working on and see is my industry, is my company in the unbundled or bundled stage yeah. and would zigzagging here help? Yeah. Interesting thing is that I try to look for, or when I try to think of examples so all these examples that we just talked about were like software digital products, but I think there are even bundled examples in like physical world, right? So I think a value meal in a restaurant is the same thing, right? You're getting a starter, a main course and a dessert for lower money as a bundle. Uh, and that's cheaper as buying everything separate. But as a company, as a restaurant, you're making profit with that because you get customers by selling this bundle or I think Hello packages, fresh. yeah. Or I mean, even like every restaurant that offers you a full menu for a lower price than all the other separate pieces um, would have cost if you ordered them separately. Or I think even cars are it's kind of like a bundle. You can um, obviously buy separate things after you have um, bought your car, but if you bundle the package together, it's going to be cheaper. Um, and I even think... What's your take on all-inclusive holidays? Would also be a bundle, right? You get a flight, you get a hotel, you get uh, all the food, also bundling. Sometimes, like, I never booked a, what you call the packages with mm. these, like, in uh, travel agencies. Never. You know, my first trip was, like, always self-organized. I would book my flights, I would book my hotels or Airbnb, a rental car, everything. And it felt amazing. I was empowered. I could choose whatever I want. But lately I've been like, maybe I should try this like package thingy. Maybe there's something there. I think I would try it once and not be happy with it. But still like, um, it's interesting how I think the whole market shifts. Once you get used to one thing, you kind of start disliking it. So it's also like why this thing happens. I think partially it happens because of like consumer needs. Yeah, you know, like once you start buying albums with twelve songs, you get, you kind of get like, uh, I don't know, I don't like half of the it. songs. <laughs> yeah, like I just want one. Why am I paying twelve? Uh, paying twelve bucks for this? I'm just gonna pay pay for those three. Yeah, and it's the same with holidays and all of these things that you're saying. And I think it's like we flock as consumers from one side to the other. So that's one reason why these things happen. Yeah, you mean in general the switch between bundling and unbundling. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, just one one reason why it happens. Yeah, I th I agree, and I think bundling actually has nice upsides for users too. Like usually you get a lower price, 
Um, usually it's a much easier process. Like you have, you pay once, you have one process in, instead of like buying separate things um, with more transactions, maybe from different uh, companies. So I think bundling has their upsides and, and bundling has its upsides. And as you said, like when you're used to everything is a package and then companies throw stuff in that are not useful, but kind of try to enlarge the perceived value that you're receiving. And then they're overdoing it by putting in things that you don't want. Then all of a sudden this unbundling thing becomes interesting again, right? Because you're like, well, yeah, it might be cheaper um, than buying everything separately, but I would never buy everything separately. So let me just buy the two things out of the seven that I need. And then I'm still cheaper than having the bundle. Mm. So in a way also, like if you prepay for something for a year, it can be, you can also call it a bundle, right? So instead of me paying each month for, uh, I don't know, Zoom or whatever, I can just prepay for the whole year and I just get one invoice instead of 12 invoices, which is nice accounting wise, and I get it cheaper and so on. So there are many different ways to look at bundling and unbundling. And I think traditionally it's more looked at, do I, am I selling one product or um more but you can even look at within one product am i selling it for longer or shorter uh, and what kind of advantages this has for consumers because as someone who needs to do accounting unfortunately every month for <laughs> the mba uh it, it's just stressful you know like i prefer to just pay in advance for the whole year and then i just have one invoice and so on so that's another way to, to think about the bundles and unbundles <laughs> So I think another thing is maybe I kind of touched upon it slightly, but it's like, okay, so why the switch happens? So if I am now working for a company that or an industry where bundles are predominant way of selling, predominant mm. product design, predominant service design, um, should I just force it and try to go just be different for the sake of it? Or like, what are the triggers that make you think, oh, maybe we should unbundle? Mm. And I think we discussed one, which is like consumer behavior, right? Yeah. Do any other come to mind? I mean, I have a couple of more, but if you have anything, Franz, you can also start first. I think a lot of the um, things that made bundling possible was technology. So just being able to host, I don't know, a few million songs and just be able to sell one or two as if you so it doesn't it it's not as easy to unbundle if you would have to buy one cd with one song right so i think this technology perspective um does make sense yeah that's a big one for sure um and the internet was a big one i think that enabled a lot of this in the last 10 15 years maybe ai is going to be a new one soon because AI could kind of bundle also different software into one. Yeah. Um, VR, AR. Let's see. Let's see. Um, I think the one thing that, I mean, we were talking about triggers and enablers, but sometimes it feels for me. So I also thought about um, companies that do unbundling that you don't like, right? So first we talked about companies bundling that you might not like, right? For example, if I buy a bundle and I don't use half of the stuff, I might not like this. So mm -hmm. that's a clear case for me. But on the other hand, there are also, for me, there are some examples that 
currently unbundle. So it feels like um, that's the freedom of things, right? I can buy every single thing um, as I want, but that actually feels forced. Um, and the only driver for this seems to be um, monetization. And I'm giving you an example now that uh, makes this uh, maybe more uh, graspable. Like when you think of airplanes, what they were doing is they were unbundling a formerly bundled product to um, basically squeeze you, right? So first you bought your airplane ticket, everything was involved. Now you're buying your ticket, then you're buying your reservation, your luggage, your drinks, your meals, your priority boarding. So they're basically forcefully unbundling something that is actually much better if it was unbundled, uh, if it was bundled, in my opinion, um, to, um, I think, monetize their product better. And obviously you can say, well, I wouldn't have the option to buy a very cheap flight if it wasn't for the unbundling. But in many cases, for me, it feels completely forced and just uh, like squeezing technique. I think that's the third. So I've wrote like three kind of forces, enabling forces or like shifting forces for bundling versus unbundling. So one is the user needs. The other one is technology. The third one is business needs. Yeah. Some companies are kind of forcing it. Um, I haven't thought about this uh, particular aspect, as you said. So one could be just better monetization. Um, sometimes it's misaligned with what users want, but sometimes it can be aligned with what users want, which is the example from the music industry. Yeah. Where you could just say, hey, I'm just going to buy this one song for one euro and that's it. Um, another one I think is like, it's a big decision for a company. Are you bundling or unbundling? And what you see with many companies is like they're first small and then they consolidate. It means they start to buy smaller startups because then you can have economies of scale. So you're better. Yeah, you, you just can generate more revenue and more profit. And then once they get too big, they also unbundle itself, you know, as, as companies because like, oh, now we our economies of scale are negative. So now we need to sell certain um, businesses or departments, not departments, but business units. So essentially like product lines and so on. And through this have a better focus. So I think this is also another thing to maybe play as, this is more like a question for founders and business designers. It's like, are we in the focus stage or are we in the scale stage? In the scale stage, you some many times you want to kind of go into bundling and maybe in the focus. So what did I say now? <laughs> so in the scale stage, you want to go into bundling and in the uh, focus stage, you want to go into unbundling. So like just do one thing. Yeah. Yeah, fully agree. So that's usually also a way of growth, like right? So when you have your dominant product already established, um, another way of growth is adding another product that actually um, not only has economies of scale when it comes to size, but also economies of scope and basically complementing your product. So it does make sense to uh, to bundle also for users because they want to use something together. Mm -hmm. um, so Tom brought an interesting point in the chat. Is this something you just touched upon or because I was reading this? <laughs> no, actually, uh, Tom was bringing up exactly the opposite, right? Um, so yeah. not people want to use something together and they're happy about it. But Tom is bringing up the example of where people are forced to use something together. And even um, a practice of bundling that is a very aggressive technique of incumbents towards startups, 
which now coming back full circle to your initial example, right? Microsoft Office and Teams versus Slack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, it's kind of like a triangle, you know? So when you think about bundling and unbundling, it's like you think about tech, think about user, you think about the business needs. And if there is an interesting fit, I think that's when you also, with the product design, you can start making a case for, hey, what if we make a shift? What if we try this? Um, so that's why I like this mental model because it's so simple and yet powerful and useful. It's like engaging with a new client, starting with a new company, working on a product. You can like think, does unbundling make sense here from these three perspectives? Is there a new technology coming up? Is there a user need that would that that kind of wants this? Is there also a need for business? And if it's at least two out of three that that kind of would benefit from this, then I think it makes sense to explore it. Um, especially if two of the three is the user perspective, you know, then I think it's even stronger pool to, to do it. Yeah. Um, so one thing I also wanted to ask you, Francis, if when, when we were thinking about this episode, if, if you thought about any industries where this could be applied and it kind of isn't. For example, I was thinking about education, you know, because education feels like, Okay, it was bundled for a very long time. So you go to, I don't know, Harvard Law School, and it's just like, oh, you get 25 courses over the next two years. And it's a bundle. You can't really choose. Mm. Well, you can maybe have electives and so on, but it's still a bundle. And then came internet, and then came Udemy, YouTube, blogs, and you could choose very specific thing and just learn that. Um so I think now it's like the next stage where maybe, and we can see certain companies in our space kind of, oh, let's be a bundle again. So let's be online, but a bundle. So we're going to go for you a one-year program and it's going to have all of these courses and with all of these things. So education is maybe ripe for growing from unbundling to bundling online. That's kind of interesting uh, yeah. shift. Do you see anything interesting like that? Hmm, that's an interesting one. Actually, honestly, I can't think of one, but this general thing of um, looking out for industries that seem completely unbundled um, and thus have an opportunity for bundling or the other extreme, like feel over bundled and you feel like, okay, I don't have any freedom of choice anymore. Um, these are nice opportunities, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. I Nothing comes to mind, honestly, but I think this framework in general um, is interesting to look at markets um, in, in a way that, hey, here is a uh, an opportunity for combining services or here is an opportunity for going in actually with a completely single product that solves exactly one issue because everything else that you're getting is uh, completely bundled and overdoing stuff. Mm. You can even apply this to individual level. So when you see that most people in your field, so let's say you're a designer listening to this and you see, oh, most of my colleagues actually are trying to bundle, I don't know, four or five skills into under one roof, one, one brain essentially. It's like, oh, I'm going to do a little bit of UX, a little bit of research, a little bit of that. And you're like, no, actually, I want to be the bundle, the unbundled version. I'm just going to be special in this. But if you see the opposite, like everybody's highly specialized, I'm just a researcher. I'm just a... I don't know, I'm just UI or whatever. 
then there's an opportunity for, hey, actually, I want to be the one combining four things. I'm going to be a little bit, you know, not the best, but good understanding business, good understanding technology or code, good understanding wireframes. And that gives you also the kind of the leverage uh, on, on the individual level, because for me, how this all ties together is strategy. One of the things we teach in the DMBA, and it's fundamentally true, is that strategy is making a trade of decision. And essentially, strategy is about not being the best, but being different. And what this means is we're trying to find a position in the market that we can kind of own, you know, like be category, kings, category leaders. And I think this is why this bundling and unbundling is additionally so interesting is because like, can we zag when everybody's zigging and vice versa? Like, can we like, oh, actually, if we do this, we can be completely different. And it's the nice thing about it is that sometimes it's it seems such a, such a small shift. It's like, I'm, we're not making a big innovation here. We're just, instead of selling 12 songs, we're selling one. But actually, once you go into the root of what this means for the business model and implications, it's huge. It's like, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's really huge. Yeah, that's true. And it's a lot of times on the long tail. Like an example of the Netflix is that um, one of the things I assumed that didn't expect or um, project is that the fact that they have a bundle and that users pay up front is that they will be able to do much more niche, um, yeah, much more niche series and movies and so on because they just have a different audience where they don't have to sell you on each title but once you're in they can give you something you wouldn't expect and you want to try it you know which wasn't the case before with theaters because like it had to be a hit so you had to go with like usual uh movie stars and and so on otherwise people wouldn't come to the movie and now it's like oh there's different things so we can do more niche projects which, by the way, are cheaper to do because you don't need to use these expensive movie stars and so on. So, like, these are like the implications of this yeah. switch. It's on the long tail of uh, the things you wouldn't expect. So, it's much more fundamental than it looks like. True. Um, maybe one thing that we could still like um, discuss is the this controversy that's going on about bundling between uh, Microsoft and Slack, actually. Have you read about this? Uh, something about lawsuit in Europe? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, now we talked about bundling as something that is kind of agnostic in a way that it's a business practice and mm -hmm. um, you think about it from technology perspective. Maybe it's enabled from technology side. Maybe it's a new, um, maybe it's makes sense from a business perspective maybe it makes sense for a user perspective but the interesting thing that's going on in this market is that um, Microsoft was actually able to take over Slack by the strategy of bundling so mm -hmm. Slack was first they had really good um, traction in the market uh, it was about owning this workspace communication and obviously Microsoft Office is in workspace um, facilitating, right? We know all other um, apps that they're having, all other products that they're having. So they felt like they were missing out on this workspace communication. What they did is they um, went into Microsoft Teams 
and uh, their go-to-market strategy was that they just bundled it together with um, the office package. So you just had the same price, basically. I don't know if they increased the price. I, I'm not using uh, the office package, but they just basically forced it in the bundle that everybody's already having because they're using um, Excel and, and Word in any case. So what happened is that by this bundling, um, people were kind of, I, I wouldn't say forced to use it, but it was very close to using it because what Microsoft did is just using their market power. It was already this, this offline, uh, this office package was already on most of work computers. And now all of a sudden there was also Microsoft Teams. Um, it was working okay. And people were just more adopting this and through this, Microsoft was actually able to completely overtake, uh, overtake Slack. And what Slack is now saying is that that's actually unfair business practice and pretty much repeats what they have already done with their uh, with the Internet Explorer, if you still yeah. remember that, right? So yeah. if you bought a PC, the Internet Explorer would be on that and you would have, in the beginning, maybe even it would be impossible to delete it. Um, so that was also a way of bundling and they were actually sued and they had to make it uh, possible to yeah, unselect uh, Internet Explorer and actually also um, make it possible to use a different um, um, yeah, internet browser. And now they're using this case again, saying that, well, actually that's the same story again. What they're doing is they're forcing people to use uh, Microsoft Teams. It's really hard to not use it, to take it off of your computer. Um, and it's the same negative practice again that they are using, that they have been already used with the, with their internet browser. So bundling in this case is just a strategy that somebody with a big market power and market penetration can use to attack incumbents that try to attempt to take a piece of like this whole office um, of this whole office um, infrastructure, let's say. Yeah, that is, I think once your company gets very big and very powerful, once it has the majority market share, that's a problem. For most companies, that's not even like, <laughs> it's a luxury to, I mean, quote unquote luxury to be in that position from the perspective of Microsoft. Uh, most companies are just like by bundling, trying to kind of uh, create a pay appealing offer. Um, so I'm curious to see how this plays out because I do feel it's a little bit different from what they did with the Microsoft, sorry, with the Internet Explorer because there you bought a machine and it was on there already and it was almost like yeah, impossible to get rid of it. Uh, but with this case, like you're already buying a product, so you're buying like Microsoft Office and then it's part of the thing, so it's not like it's super forced. It just, I don't know, it just feels a little bit different to me. Yeah. But in general, it is, it is tricky. So it does seem that Microsoft has the power to kind of, in a way, kill all these startups that kind of identify a really cool B2B use case, mm. and they scale it up, and then just Microsoft doesn't even buy them, right? Just yeah. like outright copy them, them and put it in the bundle. So copying is the issue here, more than mm. bundling, I'd say. I'd say, but uh, yeah, with digital products, it's super hard to kind of prove that somebody has copied you. We've yeah. seen it with. Facebook and Instagram, they just copy the stories from, uh, from what was it? Uh, Snapchat. Snapchat, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it is an issue and it's something that as a founder, you need to be, 
it's tricky to say, but as a founder, you need to be aware of, okay, if I scale this, you know, like, is there a big company like Microsoft just waiting yeah. to copy this thing? I think EU regulators agree with you. I think it's not going anywhere, this lawsuit. Mm. Um, so question is, what are you going to do as Slack? And here, it seems like the only way out for them is to also bundle. So they were acquired by Salesforce. And now they are basically, um, yeah, bundling these two products and optimizing for Salesforce and Slack to work together as, yeah. as well as possible. And you also know how Slack is already trying to um, perfectly integrate with any other um, app, cool. right? So yeah. um, you can link it to HubSpot, you can link it to basically pretty much everything else that is used in, in your office. So I think that's their way to fight back. But if you look at the numbers, it's not looking good, even though if most people say that Teams is inferior to, to Slack. Yeah. I think a lot of the times, in fairness, like those numbers are not being projected correctly. Like you have, I don't know, what, 280 million users of Office, uh, Microsoft Office, and like 20-ish million uh, users of Slack. And it's like, yes, but Office has so many more functionalities. So obviously it's being used by more people. So if if... if Actually, internally, Slack is just looking at this and saying, "Oh, we are actually being killed by Teams." I think I think this isn't fair assessment. Um, it's more like we need to compare apples to apples, and it's like, do we really wanna? What I find the most troublesome is that Slack does seem to now follow the Microsoft's lead, like, "Oh, let's bundle as well." But I think the whole beauty of Slack was like it's independent, and there's a lot of companies that like this you know, interoperability within different tools. So you don't have to be the biggest to be the best, you know, in class. And Slack was that, is that. So yeah, uh, I, w I would say, I think they should double down on like not being bundle. Um, yes, being super open with APIs and stuff, but probably with the Salesforce, they're not going to go fully into that direction, but still like that yeah. would be a strategic choice. I'm also not sure if that's it's, uh, it's the right free fight to... Pardon? It's a free recommendation. So I'm just giving this away. <laughs> if someone, if yeah. I'm also not sure if this is the right fight to fight for them. Um, no. uh, but yeah, it also depends on their um, current situation, right? If they are still, um, if they are still dependent on massive growth because of the financing they got on, then yeah. you got to have to fight this fight. Um, but if you're having a sustainable business model that um, can also live with not being like the biggest in this market, then yeah, why not just focus on uh, the niche that is happy with you and create a good business out of that? I just hate that so much in business. Like everybody wants to be the biggest, but it's that's not the game, you know? I mean, it is for some companies and it is for the investors because they, oh, we need to get bigger, bigger returns. But it's like, Small business can be much better for so many reasons. You can be so much more conscious. You can be have nice, nicer culture and so on. So, yeah, I hope we get away from this uh, as, a, as, a, as a community. Um, that's why we need designers leading companies, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. I think we can wrap up with uh, just a few take takeaways for designers. I think starting with me, one thing I see is that 
what you can definitely do today is already think about the company you work for or clients you work with. It's like, is this industry, this company in the bundle or unbundling stage? Are there competitors? Is there any of the competitors who's trying to do the opposite? How is this working out? Just trying to understand this like bundle versus unbundle uh, dynamics uh, across three different uh, how do we call this factors? So technology, user needs, business needs, and just see is there an opportunity to zig when everybody's sagging? Um, because strategy is about being different, so maybe you do want to do the zag. Yeah. And essentially, it's like a cool mental model to have in your back pocket. And the next meeting, you can be smart and just say, hey, what if we bundle here? <laughs> <laughs> There's only two ways to make money in business. Yeah. Bundling or unbundling. Yeah, use the quote. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, that's my takeaway. Anything to add, Franz? No, I think that's pretty much it. Like just uh, adding this to our toolbox and being able to also, um, yeah, advocate for users when somebody else is over advocating for business needs in terms of, hey, we could use bundling to squeeze out more uh, because we also had this example with uh, airlines where this unbundling actually just feels uh, very unnatural. Uh, I also remember these huge backlashes for car companies where they charge you 100 euros per month for seat heating afterwards after you've bought the car because everything is already built in. So yes, sure, you can unbundle to make more money, but will this actually help you long-term? Um, that's something where we as designers need to be stepping up and um, yeah, bring in the user perspective. And in this case, also long-term business perspective because um, yeah, what's short-term uh, good for the business might not be long-term good for the business. Design superpowers. Exactly. Cool. So um, if you found this episode interesting, if you listen to the end, you may also find interesting our upcoming program, the MBA. The next one is starting on April 17th. So the applications are open. You can apply on d.mba slash apply. Um, so yeah, hope to see you uh, in the program. And if not, listen uh, listening to the show, the next one. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Bye.